and welcome to For the Record, our bi-weekly show in which we take one recently released album and take a deep dive into it. You can listen to us every other Thursday at 9.30 a.m. San Francisco time on the world's best internet radio station, BFF.FM, or subscribe to the podcast at For the Record Podcast, all one word, dot com. This week we're talking about the debut album from Superviolet called Infinite Spring, and it starts with the song Angels on the Ground. Violet is sort of the solo project of Steve Cielek, who was the guitarist and vocalist for the Sidekicks, a very well-loved Ohio band that had a devoted following. They put out five albums, the last one in 2018, and they never quite came across my radar, I think, because they were in Ohio and I think they were mainly touring back east, although I did look it up and they played at least two times in San Francisco in 2015 at Milk Bar with Kayetana and at Cafe du Nord in 2018. But I listened to some of the Sidekicks stuff before we were preparing for this podcast and This album really seems like a big leap forward in terms of instrumentation and emotional depth. And I I just really loved this album. Yeah. Also new to me. And I, for sure, am very impressed by the sound and general warmth of this. And I, and I, I find his voice to be so charming. And it really is a little disarming that he's kind of... He pushes to a point where it's like a little bit quavering. And it really... It gets me on a side. Like I just feel like, oh no, I I, I like this guy, and I, I want to be I want to be his friend. And and then these messages are not cocky, but it's a lot. This especially this for track, a lot of insecurity and him expressing his anxiety, and it's really sweet. Yeah, I I take this first song as kind of like a mission statement of the album, where I know he has talked in interviews about collaborating during the pandemic with some close friends who lived nearby. And the the makeup of Superviolet is Zach Little of St. Seneca, who lived next door and had played with them before. And then Matt Clymer on drums, who had been in the sidekicks. And then his wife is also has some musical inclinations and did some backup. And so it was a group of people that he really trusted and were his angels on the ground I think in a way and really helped him bring out a new voice for this record yeah the, the community you have is going to protect you against these uh, demons that are and grizzly bears that are trying to get you from outside so I love the imagery here it's a wonderful start to the record and there's such a I, I love it. it starts super atmospheric and spacey and I really kind of 
with that intro expected electro pop or something super aggressive and instead no it's this really warm and at least initially fairly gentle song although the energy does ramp up quite a bit over the course of the song so it really welcomes us in the record fantastically and from here we go to i think another kind of contemplative not exactly ultra confident track it's called big songbirds don't cry love these very self-deprecating songs of longing and jealousy and so this guy who you get the impression he doesn't know how to fight yet he's so confident that he could beat up this uh, romantic rival and I I love the earnestness and complete obvious BS of him saying it it's just (laughs) it's very charming Yeah, and this is a song where Zach Little plays theremin. He is credited on the record as playing wind harp, theremin, and quote-unquote digital goober, which whatever that is. And one of the things Selig has talked about in interviews is with the sidekicks really writing songs that they could play live and would really play to the back of the room and making an intentional choice with this record to introduce new elements that maybe you couldn't play well live but that he thought would add to the song and you really get a sense of that in this song i think yeah you i I appreciate that this yeah it has a little more of these quiet moments and a lot of contrast between his vocals are not belted they're just they're very sweet not quite whispered but there's a there's a gentleness to them and the guitar work here at least for where we start is so very like just like this plucked kind of acoustic almost not quite classical but very just kind of folky sound Mm -hmm. and then layered with these keyboards and the theremin to give it the spaciness and futuristicness and then the song kind of ends with like a half hour kind of 90s college rock jam Mm -hmm. that somehow works it's surprising because that zach little you know from saint seneca which is a pretty folky band and he's coming in and bringing these anything but folk folk touches to the sound and it's fantastic and a delightful surprise yeah we saw saint seneca play in south by southwest in uh 2014 i had to look it up on my spreadsheet and you reminded me that they played inside the convention center i think it was in that room that has the posters the poster (laughs) sale and they had a stomp box for a percussion so they were a very folky feel 
yeah, so it's a it's a lovely blend here of the kind of folky guitar with all these other sounds and the great, you know, some pretty muscular drumming. We didn't really catch a lot of that there, but it brings a lot of energy too as well. And so from here we go, though, I think to this, the next track we'll play, which goes, I think, even to a much more quiet and contemplative uh, energy. It's called Good Ghost. If you become a ghost, you be a good ghost. You turn the light off if I leave it on. When I'm sitting playing piano I can hear you hum along And even sometimes if I'm quiet I hear you is a song that really rewards listening to it through headphones and we had talked about the fact that fry the cat is credited with chewing and meows and i was like i i don't hear a cat meowing and then if you put on your headphones and really listen you can catch it but i know that he has talked in interviews about the fact that they recorded this in their local practice space and then at home so that there was a lot of time to just really sit with things and kind of spend all the time you like fiddling with sounds and that comes across in this track yeah i think it's a really sweet and i I think it's a through you know i I noticed on the record like i think the instrumentals sound really great and kind of polished and professional and i kind of like that the vocal tracks have a certain kind of earthiness like oh we just you know we didn't go to the studio we just Mm -hmm. recorded this in a room or i think they even said like oh we just put a microphone in the hallway between their two apartments Mm -hmm. and so it has a real immediacy that feels yeah if it feels lived in and if that lived inness includes a cat showing up in your bridge and going well, <laughs> uh I, i'm on board with it let's go no that's that was my that was my cat impression i well, spent a lot of time around cats and i really like the i always like it as a style choice when the vocals are really close mic'd like they're right in your ear and you can hear someone playing the acoustic guitar and you can hear their fingers on the strings like I like that level of intimacy in a song yeah I love that I mean this song is so gentle musically and I like that uh, I think that's actually a 12 string guitar and Mm. like has talked about this is actually the first time he tried to write a song on his 12 string so Mm -hmm. it has a I think it sounds very confident, but yeah, it has that very different, richer sound, which is great. And I also love that this is maybe the quietest song we've heard yet on the record. And yet, in some sense, emotionally and thematically, it's the most confident where he's been really insecure. And like, I don't know, these demons are out and I don't know if my friend, maybe my friends will protect me. And oh, I'm super jealous and I don't, not confident here. It's like, no, I'm, I'm confident when you're gone, you're going to come back. And when you're not in, you, when you're not in the room with me, well, your memories sustain me. And, it, and it's really sweet. And yeah, there's that 
clearly a lot of love and confident love. And of course, not every song is a is written from the perspective of something I personally have experienced. You can inhabit a character. Yeah, but it's it, I'm not saying it's necessarily something <laughs> he experienced, but he is expressing that emotion yes. and it and it's if he, if it's not from his real life, well, I hope it's from his real life, given that his <laughs> wife collaborated on this record. But, and I think it's what he has said that it was inspired by when she was living apart from him, and they were trying calling on the phone and yeah. trying to sustain that. So, to me, I feel like it's it's after a fashion a love letter to his <laughs> wife and a very sweet one at that. So the next song we'll play is called "Long Drive." Making up the map markers, tagging them as we go. Houses we used to live. This is a really enjoyable stylistic deviation where we get this keyboard sound, which throws me back to kind of late 70s, early 80s, kind of a Billy Joel, Elton John vibe going. And I feel like his vocal style is very earnest and a little more projected. Like it doesn't feel as intimate as I think most of the rest of the tracks do. And so we have this, maybe the most pop sound, the most throwback sound. And then it's this, not a pop song. It's super short, but it's not verse chorus. It's just a series of verses, each which sounds a little different and takes you on this very kind of abstract journey. And it's like, yeah, it's a road trip, but I don't, I'm not quite sure what any of it means, but it just, it really paints this emotion of just like, hey, we're, the journey is the reward, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of near the middle of the record. Like, it, I can imagine this being at the beginning of side B if it's on a record. And it sort of just takes you in a different direction. And it's very contemplative. And the the tempo is a little bit slow and contemplative. And it really gives you the feeling of being on a long drive. Yeah. And I, I like how it has this very ambiguous ending where, you know, it's a long drive and a long drive. And then he says, it's a long, and it's just a long, uh, uh, uh. It, this weird processing it becomes super artificial sounding. And then it's a, and it just trails off. And I love that it's so inconclusive and the drive hasn't ended. Yeah. So the next song we'll play is called Lock It. In love but alone Sleep, don't wake 
as well as Big Songbirds Don't Cry were written with the band and workshop with them with the sidekicks and then he just kind of had him in his back in his back pocket and when they decided not to make music together anymore he made them a little bit different but it's still you can kind of feel like it has a more pop punk sort of feel yeah i this yeah this is the most kind of power pop down the middle track even if it has certain elements of like the songwriting where it's like oh it the choruses are totally different each time. And then only at the end of the song do the kind of choruses coalesce into a single super chorus. And it almost feels triumphant after spending a couple of verse chorus cycles kind of wallowing and like, I don't know how to connect. And it is just, again, the super high energy expression of uh, how do I, you know, express my genuine self out into the world while looking for love and have it not just become this kind of weird echo of itself it's a very i think it's it's a very efficient expression of fairly nuanced ideas yeah the there's also a credit for piano on this track and as in some of the other tracks i can't really hear the piano but it also may be that that's my hearing damage yeah it's in there okay <laughs> yeah, you can definitely hear like some plink 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 happening all right, all right. and because it, it's got the kind of real rollicking rhythm and i think it's yeah. the drum and piano working together to give it that propulsive energy it's really yeah great. the drumming on this album is excellent yeah, I really enjoy it. And it's, I think, even the songs that are otherwise pretty quiet, this not one of them, but yeah, are have that real forward momentum because of the drumming. Yeah. And speaking of forward momentum, the next song we will play is probably the, has the most forward momentum of any of the songs on this album. And it's also my favorite track on the record. It's called Overrator. Goalposts replaced with signposts, 9085. Competitors still compete It's the scoreboard of your life well, In a van in headphones is the last way I wanna die Just because we're losers doesn't mean that we won't try So call Felicia, call up Matt Tell them to craft the plan Surprise release, 6th album as the greatest rock and roll band the end of the song there because it's such a great demonstration of high energy and then these moments of relative calm and I love how these verses sort of breathe where some of them are longer than others and here we get sort of the verse seems to finish and then it just gets quiet and keeps going into this entire reverie of like well what if the sidekicks got together and put out a sixth record yeah he said in an interview that there were some people online who took that as maybe there's a sidekicks album that's going to come out and the line was like an easter egg and I was like no that just would have been a sidekick song it was a self-referential thing yeah and I think it's an album that 
you can fall into the trap of, oh, I'm going solo. Let's talk all about the creative process. And I think he's mostly here references it obliquely. And I think on the next track goes a little more on that, like what it is to be an artist. But instead here, it's more just a more general notion of just competition and how people who are liars and bullies get ahead in this world and how you just kind of carry on and just keep trying even in a world that seems to reward the worst in people. Yeah, Selick has said explicitly that this was about, I mean, it's. I think the title comes from the sidekicks being often described as underrated and that <laughs> this is about his experience just playing in that band and trying to work through, quote, as I like to call it, the competitive music circuit when you're playing shows and trying to sell t-shirts and making a living off your art. Just that whole idea about competition and capitalism and how that's intertwined with art and how it feels so gross. And I, I can really appreciate it on that level, but I also found the song so relatable. Like, I used to work with someone who was kind of a liar and a bully and was very competitive, and I ended up just taking myself out of that situation because the only way to... Com- to you, you can't compete. You just have to like take your ball and go somewhere else yeah well i think that's the sidekicks and now clec are were based in columbus ohio and uh one of the many reasons for that including oh there's the university there where clec i think is in a grad program Mm -hmm. is that uh, cost of living is much more affordable and it's still central enough and like oh we can actually make the music we want instead of like trying to compete to be super financially successful to live in an expensive city like new york right So from here, we go into the aforementioned very explicit reference to the creative process and also a real epic song that is the title track and penultimate song. It's called Infinite Spring. It's the physical and constant proof you're shown To the realization you're not on your own does such a great job of the loud quiet loud style of songwriting which always works on me I never get tired of that style but the way we captured a place where it really just kind of changes tempo and really brings the kind of 
crescendo to the song. It's it's really moving. Well, it's a really ambitious bit of songwriting here where it's the longest track in the record at just under five minutes. I mean, it's mostly the songs here are get in and get out. And here we get, I think, a really nice transition where you have... I thought of it as like verse, verse, chorus, but the choruses have very little in common. And instead, there's just little snippets of language uh, where there's this, you know, we're both just remember we're both trees connecting branches over over the street, which is so moving and sweet sounding, just trying to find connection. And then this we're doing it different now is just a repeated notion. And initially in the context of like, oh, I'm switching up my songwriting approach, which is literally how he starts the song. And then it becomes like this notion of like, anything from the groundhog who tells us how much winter we're going to have doing it different now to the people in his life doing it different now to just everything being different now and along with the imagery of storms and cold rain and it's very it's a very wintry and spare and dark energy and then it drops out for kind of this quiet interlude and then suddenly the energy comes in and it is the spring and you almost get an entire second song afterwards we just heard the beginning of where suddenly all of this promise of rebirth becomes actualized it's really magical yeah and it's just this concept that you can have infinite rebirths like you can always start over there's always the potential for a new beginning and we are coming out of a very bad winter in san francisco it's still a little bit winter but at least people aren't worried about getting flooded out but i'm sure in ohio it is a much more dark and cold winter and that feeling of like now we can start over and do something different and be excited about that is really powerful. And Selick said in an interview, and this is a quote, to me, it's a way of looking at the future in a positive light and being amazed at what's around and then being amazed at what the future might hold within the context of love, but also in the context of songwriting or in the context of self-reflection, how you can become a better person or better at communicating or better at just being present for somebody. It felt like it applied in so many different ways. Yeah, it is so much potential and it really comes both to I think the obviously the song title and album title and also I think he said he was inspired by in the spring when the flowers come up and after the horrible experience of a midwestern <laughs> winter to see the flowers finally coming up and saying like no it's really spring now you can finally crawl out of your hole and even I think in one interview said we're like oh this notion of a new year's resolution well it's not really new year's until it's spring and so mm -hmm. this is like the actual new year's for him it's like oh this is when you can come out and do change everything do it different now and it, it, it feels real and with this energy this varied songwriter songwriting so many different styles and these songs that all f are deceptively accessible and feel really poppy and then you start to dig into them and he's doing interesting little touches that are you don't even notice because it's it yeah, goes down so sweet really yeah it's, it's yeah it sounds it sounds poppy but there are those depths there that reward the repeat listens yeah, and you know, he started the, he and his friends from high school started the Sidekicks when they were 15. And to have been in a band for that long and kind of, I think you get a little bit trapped in trying to play to the expectations of what your fans want to hear. And it must be very exciting to go out in a new direction. And I know he also just got married last year. And so it's also, there's a lot of exciting things in his, his future. And I hope that we get more from Superviolet because I am excited to hear more of this new direction yeah it's always great the like the new fresh start from someone who's already a veteran already in his 30s already an adult with a lot of perspective we don't know how old he is I think he's, I, I've, I've read an interview okay. that he's in his 30s 
I mean, he started in high school, and that was 15 years yeah. ago. So mm. yeah. anyway, but that he can cover so much broader of a range. I can be too power pop. I can also do these really folky numbers. I can do these weird throwback pop numbers. And in the last track, things that start as kind of a folk song and then turns into like a crazy, like psychedelic rock jam. It's pretty great. Yeah, so we're going to go out with the last song, which is called Wave Back. And I'm sorry we're not going to get to talk about it because this is also a really terrific track to end on. Um, but we'll play a little bit out of, of it here. And we've been discussing Super Violet's debut album, Infinite Spring, and you've been listening to For the Record. Thanks so much for listening. On a I didn't know it, but you wrote it A river's running a race, but it never tires A mouth open, but it's never spoken A river's running a race that it always ties With the ocean, with perfect member of the BFF.fm podcast network. Learn more at podcast.bff.fm. BFF.fm, best frequencies forever.